Hi, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Warrior Goddess Witchcraft Podcast. I am Teresa, and today we are discussing how to root ourselves and use earth energy to support our shadow work. It's going to be a really great episode. But before we get started, I want to invite you to a wonderful revelation about my co-host, this beautiful woman that I work with and I'm honored to know is my friend. Go ahead. Oh, thank you so much, Teresa. And we're really excited to explore the shadow deeper with the earth element. Um, But since, (laughs) since the beginning of the third season on the warrior goddess witchcraft um podcast i have actually changed my name uh so i and i want to to you know talk about why that is but um i'm actually going by raven allison now and um a main driver for that was just through my whole journey as an exploration to a deeper sense of self. And the raven is not only a sacred power animal in my quest that was gifted to me by my late father in a shamanic journey, but has also been like a dream symbol, a guardian, and even a nickname in some cases that my friends would give me. And for those of you that are aware of like karmic, ancestral lines generational lines like all of our words are spells and power and so I really still want to honor the fact that my birth name um, that was given to be by my family is Allison and I wanted to kind of remove the karmic links between my maiden name my dad's lineages and my married name because I'm no longer married to that individual And so I felt it appropriate to put Allison in the last name position and really fully embody the person who I feel that I truly am inside, which is Raven. And so I I know that might be a kind of interesting topic for some people, but I'm so grateful for you, Teresa, for not only encouraging me to openly kind of you know, share this because it does still feel a little bit intimidating for me and strange. Um, And I just appreciate you being so open um, to this shift while we're recording these things together and just holding such beautiful sacred space. (laughs) Absolutely. This is wonderful. I want to let you know that I'm honored that you decided to share your story about your identity here. And Uh, For all of our listeners, just know that your identity is sacred and this is something that um, we honor within each of you. Your identity, how you choose to walk your path and the uh, cloak per se that we wear as we as we journey in this lifetime is is very sacred. It's very magical. It holds great power for each of us. And Raven, I'm so honored that you chose this space to share yourself and to share your story. And hopefully for our listeners that you could be a role model of types in learning what it is to embrace who we truly are. Um, So thank you for that. Oh yeah. You're so welcome. And maybe if we can, um, just because I know when we were discussing this, it, it, it really is more than a name change. And so for our listeners, um, you know, 
going by our spirit name is something usually that's like kept private and Raven isn't necessarily a spirit name for me. It's more of an essence that I just felt was truer to who I am presently. And that knowledge only really came from deeper explorations into integrating my own shadow and kind of rooting down into a deeper, truer sense of self. And if we don't really know who our self is, and that is whatever you want it to mean, um, you know, if we're not rooted there, then we're going to have a really difficult time facing the shadow and kind of integrating those things. So, you know, if you have any questions, by all means, reach out to me. But I kind of look at Raven as a name that I'm flying with as I kind of integrate beyond my last name, Allison, <laughs> which didn't really <laughs> feel like me. But and Allison, for those like um, I do spell it with one L and it's from my Scottish Gaelic um, lineage. And that's why the Americanized version um, has two L's. And yeah, it actually is a Scottish last name. It means son of Alice. And for those that know my full story, I, I was sick of people like, you know, it's not even Allison and Alice aren't even the same name. And I was really sick of carrying the weight of people projecting the Wonderland storyline on me upon meeting. And I mean, the negative driver wasn't a, a, like a decision to change the name. It was more of a really beautiful rebirth and a really beautiful um, self-actualization. Um, but I did want to say like, you know, cause maybe you are feeling weird about it or maybe a friend changes their name. And then, you know, I've had friends kind of go through a similar rebirth and it's been, it's been, you know, sometimes it can trigger weird feelings. Um, if you're receiving somebody that you've known for your whole life by a different identity and there's really no right or wrong way to do it. And I, I, I just, as a reflection, my friends and my family, including Teresa, have been right away, like I was more ashamed of it or embarrassed than everybody receiving me. So hopefully that, um, hopefully this like, you know, inspires you like to, to just really ask yourself like, hmm, like am I being my most truest self? And how can I empower that further? Absolutely. Absolutely. I myself um, had a name change several years ago when I changed my legal name. And it was, again, as you say, related to my shadow work and this great truth in my life revealed itself and it changed every fiber of being of who I was. And I knew that my name needed to change because of it. And I won't go into any more detail, but it does, um, you know, it does encompass you because who you are and who you see yourself as gets reflected outward and it, it informs your magical practice. It informs your sense of empowerment or, um, you know, even in the other way, if, if, if you're not feeling like you, you're living your true self, that takes away your power, that drains you of energy, and it affects everything in your life. So um, learning to root into our identity is very important. It's very sacred work, and it's absolutely everyone's choice whether or not they want to reveal that, and if so, in what ways. So... Um, we keep using the term rooting ourselves and rooting our identities. So um, right now I want to invite Raven 
to do a meditation. And if you, um, if everyone in our listening audience could really, really settle into this one, I really think that this particular meditation will be such a gift to us because not only um, do we as a magical community uh, need to come together and work as one system, much like trees do, but this is a beautiful analogy that we can use throughout our global humanity because the de- um, the diversity and uh, the absolute beauty of embracing our differences is something that we all should start doing. And it starts with each one of us. It starts within ourselves and becoming more grounded within and then spreading out our roots and reaching out to others. So Raven, if you would please, please, um, guide us in this meditation and gift us with your beautiful wisdom. You have the floor. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. If anybody's driving or doing anything dangerous, I mean, please (laughs) do this later. Um, And if it feels more appropriate to stand, I am going to be inviting us to kind of root into the earth chakra. It's this is the tree meditation is a way that I often open a lot of my sessions or live videos and things. And I find that it's a really impactful way to get us all, as as Teresa just said, um, in that functioning of our own identity, but in the, the scope of the entire forest. So we're going to be working with the earth chakras, which for those that don't know, they're two chakras that exist outside of the human vessel, outside of our body. And it's about six to 12 inches below each foot. And uh, so if you want to have your feet flat on the ground, that's fine. If not, I just, when we're going into the meditation, just, I find visualizing yourself standing is more effective. Um, But again, (sighs) okay, so we're just going to close our eyes and we're going to relax and focus on the breath and just take some deep breaths to center and ground, just allowing everything to wash away. Let the mind drop into the heart. Let the heart drop in to the sacral. And on our next inhale, I want you to envision pushing the breaths down into those earth chakras. So just breathing love and light in through the heart and pushing it down through the body into the earth. And then really visualizing with each breath and each wave, light kind of passing through and really activating those balls in the earth connection under our feet. You might see colors, you might see light, but really with each inhalation, just lots of beautiful, loving energy through the body, down into the earth. Mm. 
and allowing it to just form into this light under your feet. And as you kind of observe this light, whether in a feeling or whether you see visually, just picture that kind of expanding and don't judge it, but kind of follow where it's going in the earth, kind of just following this light, these little threads, these deeper roots. And keeping our attention at a heart center as we breathe in and release deeper into the core of the earth, deeper into those light roots. I'd like to invite you to follow any one of those threads, those roots. Don't judge it, just follow it down. And at the end of them, you're going to see something, it's a gift. Again, not lots of thought, just allowing. And whatever it is, whether it's a symbol, an image, a memory, maybe it's just a color, maybe it's just a feeling in your body. Just let it be. And then bringing your attention to your heart Anything that feels in alignment with that heart truth, allow each breath to kind of pull that back into the body through the root. Just letting it kind of come back up, feeling grounded and supported, feeling anchored into a deeper true self, feeling centered, and supported at heart and feeling open to receiving the information that we'll be channeling through both of us today. And maybe just before the eyes flicker open, if possible, give yourself a big hug. Just put your arms around yourself and just feel that support and feel that stability because that's really what a tree offers, is a stable sense of self embodied in unconditional love. <sighs> and you can do an audible exhale as the eyes flutter open. And hopefully that, <laughs> hopefully that activates our little forest grid and we're feeling very rooted, low down and at a truer heart resonance. Mm, that was beautiful and amazing. Thank you, Raven. Oh, you're most welcome. <laughs> and, you know, I feel so good right now that it reminds me, I want to let all the listeners know that really it's a good tip before you do any shadow work to meditate and ground yourself as deeply and stably as possible um, because it will just help you with shadow work in general. And whether you listen to this meditation each time or another one that resonates with you, absolutely ground yourself before doing any and all shadow work. I very rarely uh, tell people what to do or how to do it. It's just that this is such common sense uh, to me 
um, that you would ground yourself before doing shadow work uh, that I just want to put that out there. So again, thank you, Raven, for that beautiful visualization. I've loved it. It's been one of, uh, it's been a long time since a meditation has affected me that deeply. And that was just gorgeous. So thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I never really know what's coming through. Like, I didn't know we were going to be following the route. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, uh, we'll just go with it. And, you know, what a nice metaphor um, for kind of how we wanted to talk about this. So for those that are tuning in for this entire season or for those that are just stumbling upon this now and want to go back and check it out, um, the last episode that we did, we spoke about kind of the landscape of water and the element of water being relatable to our subconscious shadow or parts of us that maybe we aren't familiar with. Um, and so if we look at kind of the roots, they are accessing that water, but they're doing it from a much different place. They're doing it from like the meditation kind of implies from this very earthy, very heart-centered awareness. Is that fair? Like, is that a fair kind of reflection of how you're interpreting the tree, uh, Teresa? Absolutely. That's a perfect interpretation. Yeah. So, like, we just kind of wanted to continue to evolve, as we said, because we're going to continue to kind of tackle the the entire elements um, for, for just safer ways um, of kind of exploring parts of ourselves that we might want to reclaim. And so for me, embodying the tree, and what I mean by that is exactly what a tree is. Like we are centered in the self, we're rooting. So we're kind of exploring darker parts of ourselves in a different way. And then with that knowledge, just like a tree, as it roots deeper, the canopy is kind of, they say, almost exactly parallel and symmetrical to the roots. So if you see a huge oak tree as an example, and all of that in the crown of the tree where the foil, foil, <laughs> foliage, I don't know, the leaves, <laughs> where the leaves are, that is like what it looks like underneath in the root system. So if we're kind of looking at ourselves and our true self as the tree, then the more I kind of root down deeper into an awareness and we can use my name as an example it was like oh this is feeling really true when I'm checking in at heart then I can take action like a tree and bloom that by coming out on the podcast <laughs> into reality um so yeah I don't know if you think of some other examples but just so that we're all kind of on the same page that's kind of how I visualize the tree energy is like if I want to continue to grow and expand and bloom, then I have to be doing the, the rooting down, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that they've recently um, discovered how the roots of trees talk to each other and how trees actually communicate uh, to each other and form relationships with each other because I mean, what a perfect analogy um, and um, a moral for for humans, you know, to follow. Um, it's really beautiful that we can 
talk about uh, the element of earth and the energy of the earth in supporting us in our shadow work because there's just so many aspects of it uh, that are true um, for humans. We need to really remember that we are of the earth. We are, you know, we didn't just appear out of nowhere. We are made from the stuff of our own planet and the stars and the universe. And so it's absolutely natural that who we find out we are, where we get our identity from, comes from the earth, comes from our roots and rooting ourselves into our truth and our authenticity. And we also root down and find our fears. That's where the shadows lurk is in the dark spaces. So when we're doing shadow work, it's absolutely natural to find both our fears and our faith in the deepest reaches of the root system. And we can use the resiliency and the intelligence of trees to find our path back to the light per se or our higher selves. So my favorite thing about trees personally is how they bend but don't break. Now, that's not to say that trees don't break because obviously everything has a breaking point, but trees have such a beautiful gift that it takes a lot to really knock them down. And as human beings walking through this world that feels like it wants to knock us down every day, all we have to do is look to the beauty of nature to find our faith and to find the perfect example of how to live our lives. And so in this episode, I really want to emphasize to to you listeners that everything you need is within you because you are a part of nature. We are not separate from it in any way, shape, or form. So whatever you see around you in nature, whether it's the rivers and the oceans or the erupting volcanoes or this beautiful grove of trees or, you know, this hurricane and tornado um, changing the landscape. Everything, every bit of that power is in each one of you. It's in all of us. And you can call upon that power to create your magic, whatever magic that you need to live your life and to manifest your dreams Everything you need is within you, and the elements are right there to give it to you. And I'm so excited that this week we're talking about earth energy because it's just one of the most beautiful examples of how to conduct ourselves, you know, while we walk this planet, while we live in this particular lifetime. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I loved everything that you said. And I kind of want to touch, like, because for those that don't know, I used to hype, I, I, I had a projected character mask, Raven, who was, and this was like in a story I was writing, and she was a tree keeper of the enchanted forest and very highly identified with trees in my identity. So this is what's been really cool about the name. I no way, shape, or form identify with the character 
that was kind of all a shadow. <laughs> that was me wearing a mask, not realizing that the truth was like really much deeper. And so when I, I have a plethora of knowledge and connection to trees specifically. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of things because Teresa is like so on point. Um, number one, yes, every magic exists inside of you. And number two, trees are such a beautiful ally for like, and the depth of one's connection to themselves through a tree is limitless. And, and that's scientifically proven as mentioned through the mycelium webs, trees are communicating with each other. They favor their offspring. They are working together. And even if one should break, a lot of times it's actually strategically done where on the underground stuff going on, it's like a surrender because the tree, like the rest of the forest might need that tree to grow fungi to nurse nutrients into the earth. So I guess to kind of like just go off of trees and I, I felt like kind of this current of excitement where I want to give you some tips that have helped me um, definitely integrate through my connection with them. Number one, trees, as I mentioned, I've like, it's such that path, like they are literally a sentient being modeling how to do like what the quest is, which is to be who you are embodied in unconditional love and like a part of something bigger. Um, well-being in your true self and so you know for those of us that might have um, mental illness or anxiety or depression or have a difficult time meditating one of the easiest meditation buddies you can get on your quest is a tree and we all have access to trees and if you know you don't want to be seen hugging them one of the fastest ways to get a heart-to-heart -heart grounded connection with a tree is actually to put your back up against against it. Um, and that doesn't look weird if, if you only have access to maybe like a public tree. Um, and then if you're on the other side of the spectrum with me, like, you know, if you want to extend, um, you know, a, a deeper ritual with, you know, the elements of the earth or your ancestors, I know, Tressa, we had talked about the potency when connecting to the earth element of how we can gain access to our ancestral lineages and trees because of their age and because of their connection to all of what's in the actual earth. Um, you know, if you can gain so much knowledge by just meditating with one or doing a ritual and asking to have, you know, maybe you're dealing with a something that's it's hitting you and, and you can't really identify what it is or you're having an emotional time, you can actually in your magic practice work with trees to a deeper resonance and, and have ancestral, um, I don't want to call them wounds, but they kind of are like that where it's like your ancestral lineage just repeats until somebody in the line changes. And I know a lot of us can resonate with that this time on earth. So I just, I, I really feel like we kind of underestimate the depth of just how spiritual like trees are. Is, is that fair? Like I really, I know we scientifically prove it, but then sometimes we like discount that they are literally and can be one of our greatest teachers. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, you know, when it comes to doing shadow work or any type of um, creative magic, it's the most, you know, I think looked over facet of perhaps when people look to nature. Um, a lot of people do work with trees, but I don't think they go as deeply as they can. There is such potential in working with trees, using the root analogies, um, and really discovering the truth that trees give us within ourselves. Um, and touching on something that you said, um, you know, there is such a, a treasure of, you know, this, this wealth of information and um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm getting kind of overwhelmed with uh, the sensation, just even thinking about it right now. But when we work with trees, trees are rooted into the earth. We are part of the earth. The trees are, you know, our siblings on this planet. Um, and we have to remember that, yes, our ancestors are in the ground. So their knowledge and their wisdom is in the ground with them and that gets shared in the soil and that gets disseminated and that gets soaked up by the roots, not only the roots of plants and trees, but our roots, our energetic roots. And because our energetic roots that we send deep into the earth are just as real as all of the roots of these plants and trees that surround us and that work with us as spirit allies. And so I really encourage everyone to work with this analogy, to work with trees, to find your identity in your root and your lineage, because your ancestors are waiting for you. They are in the soil. They are in the roots. They are inside of everything that lives on. And it's just waiting for you to tap into that. So your wisdom, what you get built into your DNA and built into your connection to all that is, which is cosmic, also has its reflective partner, per se, deep within the earth. And so you have so much of that that you can pull from, all of that wisdom and magic and energy just waiting for you to pull from that and to tap into that so that you can use it as a resource. So definitely, you know, use it to help identify who you are. Use it to identify where you're going. Use it to help you light your way as you delve into your shadow work. And then when things start to get a little overwhelming for you, say you're really tapping into some trauma from your past, all you have to do is take a second, step out of where you are, and breathe in that energy that you can get from that root system that you ground yourself into before doing your shadow work. And that's why it's so important to do that first, because you'll have that energy surrounding you, okay? You're building a container that you keep yourself inside in when you're working with shadows. That way you're always safe and the container itself is sacred and you do no harm to your energetic body that way. 
So when you're using this root analogy, when you're working with trees, allow them to guide you, allow their wisdom to infuse every single part of your body because they will tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. They will guide you toward limits that you're not ready for yet and you should honor that. But they will also push you when they know that you can do it, when they know that everything you want, as they say, is on the other side of that fear. And all you have to do is trust and have faith in yourself. So this is where the earth's energy and the magic of the trees and the roots comes into play during your shadow work. And I really, really want to encourage all our listeners to understand that this is a crucial part of the foundation of building your sovereignty on. And I'm always going to bring this up in every conversation, sovereignty, the idea of sovereignty, because this has to be your journey. It's not something that somebody can do for you. It's not something that another person can tell you how to do. That's why doing something like trusting the nature around you, trusting what the trees are telling you, knowing that your ancestors and all of these spirit allies in the natural world that surround you, they're helping you, they're guiding you, and they're holding you up in the sacred container. So you can trust them. And by doing so, you can learn to trust yourself. Oh, yeah, that was really powerful. I, um, yeah, <laughs> it's so uh, nice. Sorry, there, I live in an apartment, so there was like a baby crying, and I was trying to like hold the mic and really receive that. And I'm just disclosing it in case it is on the recording at all, or if it does pop up, because that is how you treat you, you just be. And yeah, I love the talk about the creatures and all of the, yeah, the multiple levels. Like there was just so many gems there, Teresa, and <laughs> like lots of encouraging. And the sovereignty is such a beautiful component of all of this. And oh yeah, it's just such, it's so, it's such powerful work. And when we're in that knowing of everything that you just articulated so beautifully, um, I think that's how we can really lean in to knowing that we are essentially like acting as this cosmic forest, I guess, like where we really are all doing it together and, um, you know, doing, uh, acknowledging the land and also understanding that, yes, the creatures and the earth and all these sentient beings are here to help us. You know, that does have to come with an even exchange um, of us helping them, right? And, and, and how we can do that is, is by, um, you know, individuating to a truer self because we're, that ripples out, as you, as you said. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yes. And there's also, you know, something so beautiful that we, we spoke of before um, and I was hoping you could go more into it uh, for the episode. But we did discuss uh, the difference between illusions and shadows and the importance of story weaving. Could you talk a little bit more about that? 
Oh, yes, I can. Um, well, let's kind of go. I want to kind of start it at the tree thing. So like if I look at myself, it, like I like to use my past self as an example, because this is how I kind of came to know all the knowledge that I know <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, there's no shame in learning and spinning wisdom from your your own follies, right? Or your own like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And it also invites us to like love ourselves even more instead of shaming those past selves so in the past I was blooming like you couldn't even believe it seemed like I had a lot together on the surface and I was just dream weaving and what I mean by that is I was actively grounding things into the physical reality through workshops through art through everything and I forgot to root down I, I kind of got, you know, to go back to circle back to the beginning of this, where you mentioned like, oh, I can't even imagine doing shadow work without grounding. Well, oops, that was literally me. I was all like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna shine the spotlight on my shadows and like, really look at them. But I kind of I, I got so focused on my forward dreaming and the projected forward. And I would attribute that to more of a masculinity that's programmed into us, the more of the doer, the yang. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of ended up indirectly losing touch with my roots with. And so even though on the surface, my heart was just like just wanting people together with nature and some of the things that I was actively trying to accomplish because I wasn't rooted down into the shadow aspects that were kind of like, I call it running the show because that we, and we can touch on this in more depth later, but when we do have these fragments of ourselves, good or bad, what happens is when they're not acknowledged is they become, they're, they're autonomous. So, you know, as an example, I had this part of me that really had a deep dream that wanted to play the role of a villain in a musical. And that might sound like some kind of weird fragment, but that was literally like, because that wasn't being acknowledged publicly by me, it was kind of manifesting as like interwoven into all of the stuff I was dreaming. And hopefully that makes sense. So what happened was just like a tree without roots that only has shallow roots, and I'm sure we can all relate to this. I proverbially got thrown not only down on my ass um, like a tree, but I also got ricocheted back off the boat and, and, and I had to basically just drown in a pool of my own shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then I, as I was swimming to use like last episode through that, um, and I and I did attract a lot of helpful allies and a lot of, of heart aligned individuals that really helped me during that time. Um, then I was able to kind of grab a root of the tree and 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 get myself on land and start over um, with a truer core, with a truer identity. And I guess hopefully that kind of answers the question of like how that might manifest and and just like if you want an example of how you might be able to check in or like you're worried, Oh no, am I, you know, yanging my dreams all over the place without dropping in and then, you know, receiving in the yin and rooting down. I think in hindsight, a couple of indications for me would be just asking yourself, like just 
taking that moment to ground and check in and asking yourself, does this path have a heart? Um, I just check in. I'm like, and, and if there's fear or shame, that's fine. That doesn't mean the path doesn't have a heart. That just might mean that there is a, an invitation to go deeper. And, you know, if you're feeling joyous and it's illuminated and you're in kind of like a Dionysus energy of like, you know, you're just kind of like lustfully like sharing or that's another indication that maybe we could like just, you know, if you're kind of like always elated and always like pumping like a lot of energy externally, that's another indication that you might just want to like a lot of people have a lot of excess energy. I'm one of them. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that is an indication for me sometimes that it's like, okay, I need to root down and just check where this energy is coming from and whether it serves my overall vision and my overall self. So, and then, yeah, like I guess in regards to also weaving with other people, like I call it dream weaving because essentially it is like we really underestimate the power of the imagination and just like a tree, so if we look at the trees communicating under the, the ground, we're kind of like not really giving them, in my opinion, take it or leave it, we're not really giving them the spiritual sentience that is also weaving in the realms we can't necessarily all see and experience until that heart's open to them. So an indication if you're in interpersonal relating or anything would be a, check in when somebody is getting a lot of mental real estate. So if somebody is one way inside your dreams or your imagination and in the physical realm they are not that person, that's an invitation to check in and tree root down. <laughs> and then another one would be um, where our energy is like being reenacted in our actual relationship. So if we're constantly going around in a circle on a fight – um, you know, my like to bring it back to just add in that this is like happening in my reality. I live in an apartment that I can't control what the people below me are doing and they have reactive fights. So, you know, if that is maybe you and that's okay, that if something's looping, right, it's like, oh, I've already had this fight a million times. That's an indication for for me and an invitation for you, if you so choose to just don't judge it. So often we go, this is bad. I have to get out of it. It's very like this, that. Um, a tree isn't like that. A tree um, would kind of root in and then give, give the self permission to like enter that narrative again, to explore that dream again. But it's just more of that pausing and then checking in. Because that is how the truth will naturally be revealed. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And I love how you shared that you were um, overwhelmed and you got knocked back off the boat and started drowning. Uh, that reference to um, the last episode when we talked about water because it's a reminder. It, it's happened to me so many times too. And it's a reminder to everyone that, um, you know, you don't just heal and then all of a sudden you're better, or you don't just heal a certain trauma or a certain pain. And okay, I'm all done now with that. That's all gone. I'm never going to worry about that ever again. No, <laughs> it's going to so come true. back. You're, you're only healing on levels, 
right? And so you heal, you know, it's, it's like um, an, an elevator, maybe per se, you heal floor one. And once floor one is healed, then you go up to floor two, and you have to heal there. And then you go up and, you know, and you, you just keep going, you know, and it's a <laughs> lifetime journey. No, it never ends. Healing never ends. Shadow work never ends. Why? Because we are human. Because we are beings, living beings with these cosmic connections and these earth connections. And as long as you are alive, as long as your heart is beating, as long as you have energy flowing through your body, this electric you know, this electricity coursing through your veins, it will never end. But that's not a bad thing. That is a good thing because you're progressing, you're advancing, you're making this beautiful spiritual progress. And that's what you want. You don't want it to end early. You don't want to get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm all healed. Now what? I'm just going to sit here because I'm a healed being and there's nothing left to do. I mean, can one argue, well, that's what enlightenment is. That's not really what enlightenment is. If you really research enlightenment, it's not just the light bulb goes off and then you sit there for the rest of your life under a light bulb. That's not enlightenment. Okay. So I really encourage everyone to reconsider how they have been taught certain spiritual terms, because a lot of it is wrong. We've Westernized it and bastardized it and it's just not you know it that's like the the misunderstanding of what karma truly is and i'm not going to get into that because that's a whole other episode but (laughs) it's an example of what i'm talking about but i love love that you that you shared that about yourself it's happened to me probably it's happened to so many of our listeners where we think we make so much progress we take you know two steps forward and we get knocked you know four steps back. It's okay. That's what shadow work is. It's a spiral. We learn, we come back, we get knocked down, we get back up. And it's because of our getting knocked back, our getting knocked off the boat, our drowning in our shadows again, that grounding is so important that we use earth energy, that we work with it, become familiar with it, make it second nature to us to just reach out in blind faith and know and trust that it is there waiting for us and it will help us and it will be there. The best thing that I loved from this whole line of thought is the fact that it does allow us to identify as what we want to be, not who we're told to be. And I know you and I, Raven, talked about this in our conversation before, that quote from Lion King where uh, Mustafa says, remember who you are. Every time I see that, you know, scene in the movie, I get chills because you can take that one line And apply it to so many other things in life, but especially with shadow work. Remember who you are, because when you walk into that darkness, when you walk into your pain, who you are at the core of you doesn't change. But we get scared and we start misidentifying ourselves as what our pain tells us we are. And that is what makes it so scary. That is what makes it so overwhelming 
when we do that. So when I talked before, when I talked earlier about creating a sacred container, that is what that is for. You put a sacred container around your heart. You put a sacred container around your identity. You put a sacred container around all that you are and all that you ever will be. And that is protected. And shadows cannot touch that unless you let them. And the work of the shadow work is in realizing that that's not easy. It is, it is kind of scary for a lot of people. We're all working with different forms of shadows. And for some people, it's very hard work. And it's not going to be easy. But if you follow the roots, if you keep to your authentic truth, and know yourself, then there is nothing in your shadows that you cannot overcome and use it as a resource to better know yourself in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's like, I'm actually, I was just like really focused on receiving that. Like I was like, yeah, that's a one thing as a, once you kind of get to this guide position per se, or this leadership role right now, we're in that role. Is that fair? We're more of this sharing the knowledge. Sometimes you can get into this space where, you know, to kind of illustrate what you said, like I, I, one of the corrections or observations of myself, it was like, no, receive. You're allowed to receive Teresa's beautiful wisdom right now. You don't have to be, you know, perched on the edge of your seat waiting to give I can just be like yeah you know I'm always open to learning I'm always open to getting you know the quest is never done like you said and that spiral you know to kind of I guess for those that are practicing witches and uh you know the there's great books on uh Celtic tree magic and elven fairy magic which is connected to druid magics um that can deepen that connection if, if that is aligned for you. And, you know, if I go off of the Celtic OM, like vine, right? Vine is that beautiful. Like we're just, you know, when, when you think you're coming around and you're like, Oh no, I've already been here. Check in. You're, you're probably at the next level as you were saying. And I want to, this was kind of hitting into me to mention. So I just kind of want to mention this cause it's coming up. Um, Let's say you are like how you've had an experience like how I had and how we've all been there where maybe it's not two step forward, one step back. Maybe it's literally like you were on the top floor of a 60 story tree building and you fell all the way to the bottom and you had uh, either, you know, in my case, I had a Kundalini explosion gone wrong. So I saw all of my core wounding to age zero and then was grounding into the, this reality. Or maybe you've had um, a time where you've had to go into the psych ward. Because I, I, I just feel like the mental illness was really coming forth. So I kind of wanted to kind of give that comparative as we're talking. Um, because how can I articulate this? Let's say you are like having a big crash. Essentially at the root of that, what that is is trauma. So for me, 
being in the psych ward, um, you know, it, it's been, I think like 18 months and it was only, I was only there for 72 hours and overall it was very positive. And it was because I had that spiritual healing gone wrong. Um, but I kind of want to talk about that because that, and I think we mentioned this in the first episode, if you're going, if you can only take like one glass of water or one little sliver of the root at a time, you could essentially be like working through a trauma for, for a long time. And that's okay. Like there's not really a rush. I guess I, I was just, something was like coming through me where it was like, please bring this back and root it in mental wellness because a lot of times we can get kind of trapped in identifying with our mental health labels instead of looking at maybe the situation, like I, I, I feel strongly about this. Like I invite you to check in maybe for those that are identifying with maybe a mental illness or a mental label or a mental power, however you want to identify it, but maybe check in and revisit when was the first time that that label came into your life? When, what was the event that might've been associated with that? Because for me, when I started getting really clear, it was then that I realized like, oh my gosh, I, I don't have mental, like, I, I don't know, I'm not this mental illness. It was literally a result of this traumatic experience. <laughs> Does that resonate? Oh, absolutely. I just, yeah. I didn't want to like go into another combo, but I feel like the trees were so great and the earth element was so great at like really showing me how true that is, that it might not be like an identity we have to associate with or keep. And that more so it's like probably a manifestation of trauma. So I'm wondering, um, so Raven, maybe my question is, what is the connection then that we can glean from uh, the trees? For, for those of us who do have um, a mental label, as you call it, that we are working through or associating with, how can we use the connection with trees and their power to guide us through that particular journey? That is a great question. And I'm actually looking at a honey locust staring me right in the face. And I literally looked up and I was like, hey, <laughs> how would you answer this? And you know what image I saw right away was kind of that world tree. Like that's kind of what a tree offers is in a lot of these labels, it's, it's rooted in shame or fear, as you say, or, or basically this black and white, good bad, um, damaged goods, great and perfect at life. And so I, I guess we can leverage the tree. Like maybe you even want to draw, like, this is what kind of the image that's coming through. Maybe you want to draw a picture of what you would look like as a tree. Like that could be something or look at yourself as like, Hey, like maybe my depression is just part of my roots. That's, and then what's blooming from that. Instead of a lot of times we're like, oh, no, I have anxiety today. I'm a failure or, oh, no, like I'm like bipolar. So bipolar was the label they wanted to give me. And so I actually actively explore polarized wounds consciously. And I treat 
um, that like, I don't even identify as bipolar. I more so really have, have used it as a sacred viewpoint and then have leveraged my grounding with the trees to a, like allow something like mania. That's my inner fairy. Okay. That's the, like the one that's flitting around being the little trickster, being the little, Hey, Hey. And, you know, if I look at the depression side, like usually that for me is, is being a womb holder (laughs) and having a feminine cycle. (laughs) So, so I guess not to like judge it because these labels and things, it's not that they're not real, but when we are so unique and so sovereign, I guess my heart just breaks when, you know, if I were to just say, okay, I'm bipolar. Well, if I, if you go look at those, you know, symptoms, like grandiose sense of self, like, oh my gosh, just that one alone. It's like, what a block to my power and sovereignty. If owning my power means that I am grandiose, Mm -hmm. right? Like as an example, or, oh, I have anxiety disorder, like disorder, like you know, just some of the words. So again, I'm not judging people that identify. It's more that I'm, I'm trying to illuminate the, the system and the storylines that we might be agreeing to that really might just be rooted in part of who we really are that's beautiful and that it could be a gift. Does, does that make sense like for you or answer the question? Absolutely. I, I love how you said, um, you know, look into our roots and see how we're blooming because what came to me was the complete visualization of a tree blooming. And I don't know, I had this thought in my head that when a tree blooms, when like you say you've got, you know, five or six trees that all bloom, whether they're the same kind of tree or different trees, they're blooming the blooms Uh, the flowers per se, that they are meant to have. And, you know, it's not like one tree is looking at another tree and saying, well, that tree's blooms are better. That tree's flowers are prettier. We bloom what we need to bloom because that's, that's ours. This is our gift. This, you know, this is our, um, how do I say it? It's, it's, well, it's, it's our journey. It's our experience, yeah, right? Exactly. Have. It's and our so, story to make. <laughs> it, absolutely. And we shouldn't copy another's journey. That's why sovereignty is so important in this. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't listen to someone when they tell you who to be or how to be or how to create your magic. You do it your way. You follow your heart. You reflect your identity and authenticity you know, just like a tree and the trees support each other. They're, they're in community. Their roots get tangled. They speak to each other. They, I think I even read somewhere that tree, or did you tell me Raven that trees sing to each other? Well, they'd like sing might be me. (laughs) (laughs) I, that might be me trying to weave some new things, but um, it has been proven that trees, it, it omit their own sounds and receive our sounds like they so this is like new science um 
I think her, I, I just don't, it's Monica. I think it's Galiletti and I could be saying the name completely wrong because I just watched a documentary recently and I had never been exposed to her before, but yeah, like, like trees are literally receiving. So I sing to them. I think that's what I said. So I sing spells into trees because yes. And to be honest, this isn't something that I'm not, I think this is the first time I've been like really this public about it. <laughs> so if I'm rooting down in my heart right now, there's a little bit, I feel a little bit embarrassed. Like I'm catching myself like, uh Oh, um, and then I'm checking in and I'm identifying that this is a truth for me. So I feel safe to share it. Um, you know, when trees are communicating and now we know they can receive and omit sounds, um, scientifically yeah like don't be afraid to like tell your story to a tree or you know and receive kind of what they're sending back to you and a lot of times I like sing my own spells into a tree and and in a way that's not controlling in a way that really releases because it's allowing them to carry that song medicine kind of like externally and I've found that it's really effective in manifesting and then one other thing, like just because of the mental labels. So please, I know that it's so hard. Like I don't want anyone to feel judged that, you know, they're like, well, I do have this. It runs in my family. And that's completely true. But when when you look at the stats and it's like millions of us are all under that story. So I would really encourage you and empower you and invite you to, to check in. Yes, I'm depressed, but why? Like, how is that a superpower? Or yes, I have bipolar, but maybe like, is there another way I can make this my own? Or yes, I have anxiety. How can this like be more of a tool and a medicine and a gift on my quest versus a hindrance or accepting somebody else's version of who they're telling you you are to go off of what you were saying, Teresa. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, I think this has inspired me to maybe we can do a future episode solely on tree medicine and tree magic, because there's so much more um, to that subject that we just don't have time for right now. But, um, you know, if anyone out there is interested in having a conversation or in talking about this more, please reach out to both Raven and I. And, you know, we love talking about this uh, kind of stuff. And it, it would be um, wonderful to be able to touch base on this issue again, because we could just go on and on. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, not we right could. now, because uh, we are at the end of our episode. But I, I want to thank you, Raven, so much for once again sharing this beautiful wisdom with us. This has been, I think, one of my favorite episodes so far in the entire existence of the Warrior Goddess Witchcraft podcast. Um, it's just beautiful. And next week, as um, just a sneak peek for our listeners, we will be talking about the element of fire and how to bring a certain light to our shadows and even maybe learning how to light a match and burn shit down. Hmm. <laughs> we will see. We will see. So until next time, thank you to everyone for joining us for this episode. We are very much enjoying bringing this series to you. And 
I just want to say thank you again to Raven for being here with me and to everyone. May the magic you make make your life magical. Many blessings on your journey.